Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain. But you feel it. You felt it your entire life. But there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. in your mind driving you mad I have such a splinter in my mind this week that I need to talk about hello friends and welcome to the seeker podcast at service of change where we challenge reality question that which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change I'm your host Dennis Nappy the second with service of change it is Friday evening March 3rd I'm down to the wire it's been a busy week a lot to get to I'm just going to say it up front, on tonight's show, we're going to get weird. There's some really deep stuff that came out that I came across that I want to talk about on the air that's going to challenge our comfort level, it's going to challenge our perceptions, it's going to be a fantastic story about our ancient past, about Antarctica, about possible connections to ruins and life outside our planet and politics. It's a really messy thing that has come out over the last couple of months that I've been looking at and came across my feed. And I like to talk about that this evening on the air and dissect it and analyze it to determine, is this in fact real? Is this a hoax? Is this something else? And uh, give you some resources to look at and do your own due diligence as well. But I think it warrants some attention. So much going on in the news. I could do just a, a straight current events uh, episode tonight, but I want to jump into this other stuff about Antarctica. So I'm going to jump right into the news and go through some of these stories kind of quick, so bear with me, because they're relevant to what we talk about on the air here. So the first story comes to us from uh, Express, www.express.co.uk. It's called Loneliness on the Rise. One in eight people have no close friends to turn to. Loneliness is on the rise, with more than one in eight adults saying they do not have a close friend and increase on previous years, according to research. Almost 7 million people in the UK, 13%, do not have someone they would call a close chum, up from 1 in 10, which is 10%, when the same question was asked in 2014 and 2015, Charities Relate and Relationships Scotland say. This goes on to talk more about that study and what that could mean. I'm sharing this because in the research that I've done with the work I'm doing in Food for the Archons, one of the dangers we talk about, one of the desired energies that I talk about in my research is loneliness. How loneliness is, is a desired energetic output for these Archons, these energy parasites that are out there. Uh, again, listen to previous shows if you're, if you're unsure of exactly what I'm talking about. But I highlight that to show 
there's a lot of lonely people out there which could be contributing to that loose energy that is so greatly desired apparently through human suffering. All right, let's jump into some technology, some scary technology here. This is from TheGuardian.com titled Boston Dynamics Unveils, quote, Nightmare-Inducing Hybrid Robot. Now, a couple weeks ago, I did a show on AI technology. We know there's some scary stuff out there. Now, this is the group that had that creepy-looking headless goat-type robot that walks and you, people are kicking it and it doesn't fall over. Well, they've invented something now that stands up. It almost looks bipedal on wheels. Uh, but it has the ability to go down to four legs. So it's called Meat Handle, the two-wheeled, four-legged creation from the Google-owned robotics firm that even company founder Mark Raybert says is frightening. Google-owned robotics firm and nightmare factory Boston Dynamics has released video of its latest creation, a two-wheeled, four-legged hybrid robot named Handle. The robot can stand on four legs like Boston Dynamics' previous creations such as Big Dog and Spot, but at the end of its back, two legs are two stabilized wheels which let it stand up vertically and roll around at speeds of up to nine miles per hour. Think Terminator riding on a hoverboard, and you'll have a pretty good idea of the impression Handle gives off. And there's videos of this online. I'm going to have the links in the show notes where this thing is jumping over tables. It's going up steps. It's going across uneven terrain in the factory. Uh, scary stuff. You know, combining these robotics, which obviously will be a lot stronger than humans. They've been talking about having some of these that are weaponized for military purposes. And we've got these advancements in AI coming out. This reminds me of Terminator 3 when they went to this factory of Skynet and they started seeing all these robots in there that all of a sudden got infected with the virus and came to life. Not as far-fetched as you may think anymore. And again, I encourage you to look at that data and the mainstream articles that are out uh, in my show titled AI. It should be on the homepage at Service Change or on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check it out. All right, let's move on to the next article. This one comes to us from thesun.co.uk. Oh, speak of the devil. What's this one called? Killing machines. Hacked robots could attack humans, burgle people's homes, and kill their pets, experts warn. Researchers claim robots could, quote, poison family members and pets by mixing toxic substances with food or drinks. Robots will soon... Be cleaning our homes, performing surgery, and even building skyscrapers. But a top security firm claims that robots, including those currently on the market, could attack humans, burgle homes, and wreak havoc on a factory floor. There have already been serious accidents, including a bride-to-be who was crushed to death by a robot just two weeks before she was due to marry the love of her life. A robot cannon also killed nine soldiers and seriously injured 14 others during a South African military exercise in 2007. There's more examples in this article. Uh, as I'm reading this, again, do your own due diligence. I, I think I, I want to balance this story out and say that, yes, will there be robots that really benefit humanity and society? I can guarantee there will be. The fear is that the technology can easily be abused or can go haywire or there can be a problem with it. I think that's what this article is talking about. So whether you find this a credible article or not, it's a real possibility. Let's move on. This next one, oh, let's look more about robots. And what's the source here? The Wall Street Journal. Super smart robots will outnumber humans within 30 years, says SoftBank CEO. Futuristic forecast spurs investment wave from Japanese telecom company. Barcelona, within 30 years, artificial intelligence will be smarter than the human brain. 
This is according to Mahoyishi Sun, chief executive of SoftBank Group Corp., who says that super robots will outnumber humans and more than a trillion objects will be connected to the internet within three decades. And, and again, I, I've covered this on multiple shows, especially the AI show, how they're trying to upload everything to include human consciousness to some type of cloud system. And at that point, we already know that the human brain is already susceptible to influence and manipulation through technology, as, as in the mind control episode where there's patented U.S. technology, patented technology, which means it exists, that has the ability to influence your thoughts, your behaviors, your attitudes, your feelings. Now you want to upload consciousness to a cloud with a trillion other robotic things out there with AI floating around out there. Again, I think we need to really be cautious about this. That's why I try to cover these stories every week when I find them because I think it's important. Okay, let's get a little bit more practical if that's a little too far-fetched for you, too much, uh, too much sci-fi for you even though it's becoming a reality. This one is called Minimum Wage Massacre. Wendy's unleashes 1,000 robots to counter high labor costs. Everybody's asking for minimum wage, higher minimum wage rates for fast food employees. Well, they've gotten it, but what has happened now? Well, that just motivates people with money to invest more into artificial intelligence and take away jobs from people. In yet another awkwardly rational response to government intervention in deciding what's, quote, fair, the blowback from minimum wage demanding fast food workers has struck again. Wendy's, Wendy's plans to install self-ordering kiosks in 1,000 of its stores, 16% of its locations nationwide. Wendy's chief information officer, Dave Trim, says kiosks are intended to appeal to younger customers and reduce labor costs. Kiosks also allow customers of the fast food giant to circumvent long lines during peak dining hours while increasing kitchen production. Okay, so these kiosks are not necessarily AI robots that are sitting behind a counter. Not yet. It looks like it's the, looking at the pictures here. It's the touchscreens. You see them in a lot of stores right now. You see them in supermarkets. You see them in, fa in uh, fast food stores. So they're starting to come out. Not as panicky, but at the same time, this is a robot that is replacing a human job. Again, they're getting more and more intelligent, and uh, I think it just further adds to the fact that this that human jobs are being replaced and AI is being invested in even more. Now, this isn't necessarily AI here, but if you listen a couple weeks ago, we covered the story in Japan where they had an insurance company that they got rid of just about 100% of the employees at the call center and will be replaced by AI. So when you're talking to someone on the phone, it may or may not be a computer. Scary stuff here. All right. Here we go. Moving away from AI at this point. Holiday on the Sun. This is from thesun.com again. NASA to launch Solar Probe Plus mission to the surface of the sun to protect Earth from huge solar event. Massive solar flares have the potential to shut down power grids on Earth and wreak havoc on navigation systems. NASA is gearing up to send a robot to the sun to help prepare for a huge solar event that could wreak havoc on Earth. The Solar Plus probe will come within 4 million miles of the sun's surface, facing heat and radiation like no spacecraft has endured before. Scientists hope it will unlock the mysteries of the sun's corona, the massive hole in the heart of the star. Experts know that the unstable corona is believed to be cooler than the sun's atmosphere, but have no idea why. And and it is a prime spot for producing potentially devastating solar wind flares and mass ejections that can reach Earth's atmosphere. All right, so first I want to take a step back and just apologize to listeners. I've got a lot of heavy stories out here today. I said we were going to get weird on this podcast. I try to keep it positive. I really do. I try not to spread fear. 
I want to re- emphasize, I'm spreading awareness here. Some of this stuff may sound scary. I'm not telling you it's the end of the world. I'm not saying doomsday, doom and gloom. We need to be aware of this stuff. Solar flares are a real event. If you if you don't follow suspicious observers over at spaceweathernews.com, you need to start doing that immediately. He's put out, Ben Davison has put out a disaster prediction app where he's looking at solar activity and he, there's solid research, and I, I did a podcast on this as well, solid research showing a correlation between the electromagnetic output of the sun and solar flares and solar activity and earthquakes. So he has an earthquake prediction app that's, I think, at 80 or 90% accuracy with what he's predicting right now. I think he, a lot of peer-reviewed stuff out there, and a good, it, an alert gets sent right to your phone to let you know if you're in a, in a danger area. There's also health alerts because we found a correlation, as I'm always talking about on the show. Electromagnetic fields of the human heart are influenced by electromagnetic fields of the earth, electromagnetic fields of the sun. There are studies that show that there's been increased rates of suicide when certain solar activity happens that people can have what's known as sudden cardiac death. So he has alerts linked to that stuff as well. So it's something to be mindful of. This probe going out to the sun, I think, is is hopefully going to get us some good data. I'm not a I'm not a, a scientist, so I look forward to reading uh, some detailed analyses of what that means and what we can learn from that. But the solar flare uh, threat is absolutely real. Again, I don't think that we should panic about that. Just keep that in mind when you put your emergency preparedness together that, hey, sometimes we may be without power. If we were to get hit with one of these things, they say we'd be without power for six months to a year to two years by the time the power grid got repaired. But it doesn't have to be chaos if you know how to prepare for that and you have an essential set of skills. We can adapt and overcome. All right. I am going fast through these stories. Like I said, there's other stuff that I want to get to. All right, here we go. SpaceX to fly passengers on private trip around the moon. This is from space.com in 2018. SpaceX will fly two private citizens on a trip around the moon in 2018. The company's founder, Elon Musk, announced Monday, February 27th. The private space flight company will use its Falcon Heavy rocket to send the two paying passengers into space aboard one of the company's Dragon spacecraft. The two private citizens who have not yet been named approached SpaceX talking about a trip around the moon and have already paid a significant deposit for the cost of the mission. According to a statement from the company, the names of the two individuals will be announced later pending the result of initial health tests to ensure their fitness for the mission, the statement said. Again, I'll have more on this in the show notes and the links. You can review it for yourself. Elon Musk was the one last week that I was putting out, how, or two weeks ago, how he was talking about humans need to merge with artificial intelligence and technology or become obsolete. He's the owner and founder of SpaceX. SpaceX, I know, has had some bad luck. They've had a couple of their rockets blow up before they took off. It's also interesting to note Donald Trump is requesting that NASA make one of their upcoming flights in the next year or so a manned mission around the moon. Now, let's go off the deep end again. I said I was going to do that on this show. I've been hearing a lot of chatter in the conspiracy world about this secret space program. For those that aren't familiar with it, they say that you know a lot of these UFO sightings are actually us and that we have this advanced secret space program. There's a base on the moon. This ties in with a lot of the anomalies that people see on the moon, that stuff that is then airbrushed out when NASA gets a hold of the or NASA submits these photos. There's obvious airbrushing that's going on. There's a lot of questions out there. Uh, so there's a good argument for the possibility that there, hey, maybe there is some kind of secret space program going on. At this point, I don't know. I can't commit to that. This is just what the chatter is. I don't want to just be an echo chamber. I want you to draw your own conclusions. I haven't looked into it enough. But I find it coincidental that you have Elon Musk, 
for one, uh, talking about or allowing people to go up a manned flight around that moon to get a look at the backside. And you have Donald Trump, who also wants to put a manned mission going behind the moon. The question is why? Why such attention? We're talking about Mars. We're talking about putting people on Mars by the 2030s. China's talking about building a city on Mars within the next 100 years. Is it just that we're expanding into our solar system, or is there something more? going on out there. And that's, I think, what we're trying to read between the lines and find. And I'm going to come back to that Donald Trump connection and the moon. Forgive that background noise. My dog decided to walk in and cough in the microphone. But anyway, Donald Trump, uh, you know, may have his own agenda. We're going to come back to that with some of this craziness that I've been coming across this week. A lot of space stuff, man. Uh, thunderous meteor rattles West Texas sky in a sonic boom. This is from DallasNews.com. Uh, turned out to be a very bright meteor, according to the American Meteor Society. About 40 people reported on the nonprofit group's website that they'd seen the fiery meteor in Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Colorado about 9 p.m. Deputy Fire Marshal Nathan Hines said he heard what sounded like thunder in Snyder about 80 miles west of Abilene. The Lubbock Avalanche Journal reports. You could see a flash like if an electrical transformer flashes at night up to up to our northwest. Hines said, but it was cloudy here, kind of rainy, so we didn't actually see any kind of fireball or anything. So more on that. We, these do come down from time to time. We do see them more regularly. Then we realize, but when you get one that's this big and this clear, it, it definitely catches our attention. My first, mind, my first uh, thoughts are always, well, what's following it? What's coming behind it? So far, nothing has appeared, which is probably good news for us. Just to draw attention to it, I'm not going to jump into all these stories in too much detail tonight, but there's more drama, continued drama in the White House with Donald Trump and President Obama's administration. There's an article, uh, and there's been chatter, Obama administration rushes to preserve intelligence of Russian hacking. There's stories saying that some of these leaks that are coming out are through uh, people backed by Obama and his administration that he's putting a lot of these leaks out there about the Russians. Uh, more of Trump's people are getting in trouble. They're being called out by our intelligence agencies for having undisclosed contacts with Russian embassy and Russian agents. Uh, you really have to wonder at this point in time, what the heck is going on in Washington? You really... You just don't know who to trust anymore. And I'm going to come back to some of that in a little bit. I want to address this other story here from USA Today. Three million Americans at risk from human-induced earthquakes this year. This article talks about fracking. Three million Americans, primarily in Oklahoma and Kansas, are at risk from human-induced earthquakes, the U.S. Geological Survey said on Wednesday. That's the conclusion of a new report that, cite, that cites... Uh, wastewater disposal from fracking as triggering the quakes. The number of Americans affected this year is, is less than last year when agency reported 7 million were at risk. The drop is the result of fewer earthquakes occurring in 2016 than in 2015, the USGS said. Wastewater injection may have decreased in 2016 as a result of new regulations for its disposal or slowed due to lower oil prices and less overall production. More from this at serviceofchange.com in the show notes. But again, what are we doing? We're injecting toxic water deep down into the earth so it pushes up the oil so we can continue our addiction to oil. Uh, a buddy of mine the other day was online and people were complaining about the Dakota Access Pipeline, in my opinion, rightfully so, and all the oil spills that we're seeing. And he said, you know what? You're displacing the blame. We need to take ownership of some of this problem because we may be sitting there saying how horrible this is, but then we go and get into our gas powered vehicle. Shout out to Keith. He's always got uh, insightful things to say. 
part we are part of the problem. As long as we're buying gas and oil, these companies are going to keep building oil and pipeline or keep drilling for oil and fracking for oil, destroying our environment and building these pipelines. We need to get off this oil addiction. And I've talked about this in, in multiple shows. Okay. There's just so many good articles out here that I want to get into. I may have to start skipping some of them here. Let's see. What else do I have? Look, I'm going to have the links in my show notes. Um, there's an article from Bloomberg.com. Artificial intelligence scientists gather to plot doomsday scenarios and solutions. Again, this comes down to AI. There are serious scientists that are looking at the possibility of, of basically Skynet taking over and what they would do. So you can check that article out. Another one that I thought was interesting, it's called Meet Silent Hunter, which is China's new armored vehicle slicing laser gun. Talks about a new laser that China has out that is uh, much lighter than traditional lasers and has the ability to pierce armor, disable, and disable vehicles. Scary stuff. Why is that being released? Because China wants us to know about it. They want us to be afraid of what they have. Lastly, this comes from Mashable.com. The robots sent into Fukushima's nuclear fallout site keep dying. We've seen a lot of uh, reports coming out of Fukushima lately talking about a massive spike in the radiation levels. Uh, it states here, the, radio, the robots sent to investigate the nuclear fall at Fukushima just aren't good enough. Tokyo Electric Power Company's head of decom uh, decommissioning admitted on Thursday that more creativity was needed in developing its robots sent to the reactive zone. The Fukushima nuclear power plant was massively damaged in 2011. Three of six nuclear reactors suffered meltdown after being struck by a 9.0 magnitude earthquake and associated tsunami waves. More than 100,000 residents of the nearby Fukushima prefecture had to be relocated, and the government has spent the last five years struggling with the aftermath. The incident is regarded as the world's largest nuclear disaster since Chernobyl. Again, more on that at serviceofchange.com. I went through a lot of these stories. I went through them quickly, but a handful of them tie into what I want to talk about tonight. And, and here's the deal. The deeper you go, down these rabbit holes. The more you see, everything is connected. So I'm curious if the information that I recently came across over the past week is simply someone who's well-read in conspiracy theories and has been able to put together a fantastic story or if there's something real behind it. Now I'm going to have the links to these actual stories so you can do your own research. You can hear it from the original source because he's put his own, a ton of content out there discussing these issues. And I want you to do your own research and draw your own conclusions on this because honestly, I don't know what to think. My initial impression is this sounds crazy. This sounds completely made up. But it's, it's, a, it's, it's bothering me. It's driving me crazy. So I want to talk about what what I've heard about with, with David Wilcox. I'm not completely familiar with his work. I've recently started looking into what he's doing. I listened to an art, an interview on Coast to Coast the other day. It was with uh, Jimmy Church and, and David Wilcox. This article was post-election, so you know, within the last two months, last three months, and he was talking about 
what's going on with his sources. Apparently, he's a well-connected guy. He's claiming to have a bunch of intel sources. And he's claiming that there's some incredible societal-changing archaeological findings in Antarctica, some ancient ruins that are technologically advanced. But he also explains that there is, I guess a coup would be the correct word, a coup, a counter-coup going on within the government, within the elites, within what people call the Illuminati, what people call the ruling class of the world, uh, involving extraterrestrials and all this fantastic-sounding stuff. But he started to give the backstory, and that's what started to catch my attention. Now, I want to preface this by saying one of the best ways to tell a good story or a good lie is to have it contain truth. Now, I haven't, I've tried to avoid looking into the Pizzagate horribleness. It's upsetting, it's uncomfortable. For those of you who haven't looked into this, proceed with caution. According to WikiLeaks and according to threads that then came out on Reddit because people were looking at certain articles in WikiLeaks from John Podesta, who was the advisor or the chairman to the Hillary Clinton election campaign. He was an advisor to Bill Clinton when he was in office and he was an advisor to President Obama when he was in office. He was also an, an advocate for uh, or at least claimed to be an advocate for disclosure of ETs and UFOs. And I did two or three detailed uh, anal- analytical podcasts talking about all the emails that Podesta had with Edgar Mitchell uh, regarding disclosure and his interest in it. Really good breakdown on those if you want to go back and find that. So these are big political players. And through the hacking of Podesta's emails, there was a lot of references to pizza. Now, David Wilcox breakdown, it's it's in the thousands that they talk about pizza, but the way they use pizza is out of context. And it turns out pizza is a code word for pedophilia. Represents young girls, from what I understand. They have other code words as well that they use. So these go back and forth between Podesta's people and Clinton's. And there's if you listen to the discussion that Wilcox has, the breakdown that he has. And I've also listened to a couple interviews with Greg Carlwood on the Higher Side Chats. And he's had some guests on there who who actually broke this story. I can't remember the individual's name right now. But there's... At this point, I'm saying it's hard to deny that there's not something going on. And now, again, with the timing of this, Aston Kutcher comes out... Or, or somebody came out with the video of Aston Kutcher testifying about his involvement in shutting down these pedophilia rings. Something is going on, and it's very dark, and it's very bad. I'm not going to go through all of those details. You're going to have to do your own research there. I will have the links up for your starting points where you can listen to what they're saying, and, and I've got to say it's, it's very convincing, very compelling that they're... There are people, some of whom are elites, some of them who are our elected officials, may be involved in this very heinous, disgusting, dark stuff. And that's important for a lot of reasons. 
in relationship to what I'm talking about. We saw a major upset in this most recent election. And then we saw insanity that ensued following that. <laughs> this, this election was just a total disaster. And I was listening, I was trying to listen to both sides to everything. So I was listening to, to Alex Jones' broadcast because he was pro-Trump and he was putting stuff out there. And I was listening to like your CNNs and, and you know all the other mainstream sources out there and hearing what they were saying and how they were with her and, and all the things that they were putting out. And it was a mess, but nobody expected Donald Trump to win. But they even found false data coming out saying that Clinton was going to win, she was projected to win, even though that wasn't necessarily true, which may be why Trump right now is is blacklisting a lot of these media outlets because of what happened. You know, they're talking about fake news, which would be referring to, I would guess, uh, you know, things a little bit larger scale than my operation, but people like me and, and agencies like me who are trying to be the alternative media, I think that's who they're targeting. But in reality, it was the mainstream media that has a history of putting out false and misleading news stories. Go back to last week and listen to the Pentagon Papers uh, podcast that I did talking about the U.S. government lying about our reasons for going to the Vietnam War. This stuff happens. And again, we need to be aware of it. So what am I talking about here? We've got a massive, possibly massive global pedophilia ring involving top people within, within our world. Then we have the WikiLeaks that are coming out. And you have Obama's campaign, the Clinton campaign, blaming Trump for having connections with the Russians. And they're blaming Russia for hacking this information and then releasing it to WikiLeaks. Trump's campaign is denying it, but now we have information coming out that Trump's people were in communication with the Russians, so it's, it's starting to make it look bad. Keep in mind that the media was against, has been anti-Trump the whole time, and most likely in the pocket of this cabal, the Clintons, the Obamas, and everybody out there. So you don't know what to trust, who to trust, what's real, what's not real. But obviously, it's not the same, well, new president, same puppet masters behind this person. That's what we've been seeing over the years. It just seems like, oh, a new face with the same agenda. They just use different words to sell it. Trump is something different. Trump comes from a different, I'm going to say mafia family, not that they're mafia, but he seems to be representing a different faction. And he's trying to clean house. He's upsetting a lot of people. And what David Wilcox was saying is that, yes, people in the intelligence community were fed up with the old cabal, especially in light of all of the pedophilia stuff that came out. They had had enough, and they formed what he was calling an alliance. This is all like stuff out of a James Bond movie or something. It's, it, this is why it's, it's, it sounds ridiculously fake. But at the same time, some of the things he says, I look at the media and I look at what's happening. And yes, we're watching it play out. I, I see it playing out. So is he filling in the blanks with fiction or is he filling in the blanks with what's really going on? Is he really that well connected? He's saying that there's a secret coup or a counter coup that's in there that's, you know, that was pushing for Trump to win and is going after all of these people who were involved in these pedophilia rings who've been involved in basically manipulating the world as we see. I mean, we, we look at the, the gross uh, you know, distribution of wealth among the elites compared to what everybody else has in the world and was the top 
small percentage of people in the world own more wealth than everybody else combined in the world. So there's there's obviously something wrong in the world. And that's where we need to take a step back first. We need to recognize that things don't make sense. The world as we've been told doesn't function. Yet we double think like 1984. Well, you know, even though I'm thinking about that, I'm going to think the opposite because it, it can't be true. It's not true because it's not. It doesn't make any sense. There's something wrong with the world. There's too much suffering in this world. Horrible things happen in this world. And then we have this cognitive dissonance or this ignorance that comes over us and we go watch our reality TV and we say everything's okay until something bad happens and the news covers it and then we get all worked up about it for a week or two and then we forget about it and we go back and it's an ebb and flow. But the bad stuff doesn't stop happening. And again, not trying to be negative. This is some negative stuff. But we need to be aware that this is going on so we can develop plans to defend ourselves from it and make better choices moving forward. Let's not be innocent pawns, I'm sorry, ignorant pawns in the immediate future because we may have a role to play in determining what happens. So this apparently coup, the Clinton campaign, everybody's being systematically dismantled. Uh, David Wilcox is saying that event, that they are planning to make arrests based on these pedophilia accusations. Here we are. It's the 2nd of March or the 3rd of March. I forget, March 3rd. I've yet to see that. Doesn't mean it's not going to happen, but I'm using that as one of the markers because he said he rolled out what he says could possibly happen in the near, very near future. So that stuff, as horrible as it is, still sounds within the realm of something that we can painfully wrap our minds around. We know pedophilia exists as horrible as it is. It's just on a much larger scale and a much more darker, disturbing scale than we realized. Now, it sounds like there's a lot of Satanism involved with this. Now, David Icke has been screaming and hollering about this among the elites for years. It's an uncomfortable subject, but he constantly talks about it, constantly calls people out. His explanation for it ties into the research that I do uh, in terms of energy and energy parasites. And he, he talks about these entities, these archons, these beings that exist just beyond human perception, beyond visible light, because we're only able to see it, uh, less than 1% of everything that's out there. So these things that exist just beyond human perception are able to influence us through that electromagnetic field or through the chakra system, as David Icke explains it. But I say it's through that electromagnetic field that acts like a Wi-Fi signal that we now know exists. I can say with a shadow of a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, that it's there and that we currently possess technology to manipulate that field. So who are we to say that someone or something else isn't manipulating that field? The, from what they say, the energy of a child is highly desirable. So when these children are being abused and ritualistically slaughtered and tortured, the fear that they're putting out, the energy that they're putting out is of a high energetic quality for these beings. They desire the energies of fear and loneliness and, and you know everything that I've talked about, the negative stuff. So that's the connection there to, to my research, to this tie-in here. 
one possible deeper, darker reason. Now, again, that's off the deep end. Some of us aren't quite ready to listen to that stuff. And before you dismiss me as crazy, spend the time and just at least listen to my shows because I do a, a pretty good job of, of sharing my sources, giving the links, giving the evidence, and walking you through how I came to these conclusions and how other researchers have come to these conclusions. Okay, so we're still... We're still dealing with stuff that is, again, for the most part, besides the energy stuff, we can wrap our minds around. But he takes to the next step now. And what Wilcox says is that this cabal, the Clinton people, the all, that, that whole New World Order Illuminati, I hate you, I don't use those terms, but that's how people refer to them. They're on the run. And he says, in a last-ditch effort, he says that there's Marines kicking in their doors right now for certain, some of these elites who are unknown and unnamed. He says, in a last-ditch effort, as a distraction to save face, to prevent their total annihilation from this planet, he says they are going to start releasing information that will move us toward disclosure. Now, I'm going to take a step back. Because we're starting to see a gradual buildup toward disclosure. What do I mean by that? Well, look at Hollywood and the movie industry. And I need to come back to this subject as well tonight. Look at the movie industry. They've had a gradual buildup of aliens and UFOs and contact in, the, in, in that industry for, I'd say, the past 30 years. It's become a more and more popular subject. What really got me thinking and suspicious was the release of the popular Ancient Aliens TV program, which I was a huge fan of the show. I'm not knocking the show at all. But my question was why, after all these years where all it was was denial, 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 people who get too close to this information are being followed by the men in black were the reports that were coming out of the 80s and some of the 90s. Uh, they were being harassed. Their phones were being tapped. People were being killed. were receiving death threats. You couldn't talk about this stuff. And now all of a sudden, they're going to roll out a program that says, hey, we want you to think about the possibility that mankind was seeded by an alien race. That was a major shift on in the mainstream area. You don't expect to see that. So I question that immediately. Why all of a sudden is there a shift? Why are they shifting mankind's perception through the media? Why are they allowing that to be out there to say, hey, maybe there's something more to the story? Now, for those of you who study these, again, I hate using the term, the Illuminati and the lore behind it, the bloodlines, what the conspiracy theories state is that they're pushing for a new world religion. They want to dismantle all religions and have one world religion and the thought behind that is it's most likely going to say that, hey, there's going to be some kind of contact or massive disclosure event that says, actually, the God you believe in is not the real God. You were created by an alien race. Start worshiping. Here they are. You saw the Catholic Church putting out in, in recent years that belief in extraterrestrials does not compromise your belief in God. Is that a softening of for Christians to make them willing to accept this? Um, again, you've got the TV programs that are coming out there. You've got the Ancient Aliens program that's out there. It's all over the place. It's all over the place. But is it false? Because then you have Project Bluebeam. And you had Bill Cooper who was screaming about this 10, 15, 20 years ago talking about it's going to be a staged event. 
Project Bluebeam is using hologram technology to simulate an alien landing. And I covered this in the Podesta WikiLeaks with Edgar Mitchell that I talked about, Project Bluebeam. And he said it would be done in phases. And the phases, one of the phases would be to convince the world, you know, to dismantle their beliefs, to convince them that there's, you know, we come from, we were made by aliens, and then to have a fake landing and even a fake attack and blame it on an alien ship. Now you're also looking at the weaponization of space, which we're actually in the process of doing or negotiating or planning out, putting weapons up into space and it's supposed to be so our satellites can fight one another. I covered this in extensive detail. But you have all this stuff going on. I know I'm hitting you with a lot of information. You're going to want to save this podcast. You're going to want to favorite it. You're going to want to put it on your news feed. You're going to want to come back to this and listen to it several times because I am putting a lot of information out there and I understand that and I understand I may be going fast and making leaps and bounds because that's just the way my brain works sometimes I'm trying to put all this stuff together so please continue to bear with me like I said just save this somewhere so you can come back to it take notes I'll have as many as many of these articles as I can in the show notes as many links as I can for you as well uh, subscribers it'll be in your newsletter that comes out on Sunday where you can listen to this as well and uh, and get this information. A lot of connections here being made. I know it's all over the place, but it all connects. It all connects. Or maybe I'm just crazy. Who knows? So you've got this, this seeding of the idea that maybe mankind was created or are genetically influenced by an alien race. So now let's talk about Antarctica and what's the connection here well what they're saying is that these elites what, what David Wilcox is saying is that he's got these high level intelligence sources he tells a, again he tells a fantastic story and his his stuff on Pizzagate and the pedophilia I, I think was a very good analysis and breakdown of the evidence that I've reviewed as well and that I've heard in other podcasts and then he jumps into part two talking about Antarctica and he jumps right into being in contact with secret government officials who have contact with aliens who have been to the, who human beings from earth have been to the moon and have been on these secret bases and this advanced warp technology like whoa he went right to star trek now i've listened to enough podcasts i've read enough books i know that there are people who claim that there is a secret space program i'm going to humor that idea for a minute i haven't done enough research to make up my mind. That's an area where you as a listener are going to need to dig a little bit deeper and draw your own conclusions. But what he's saying is that the secret space program who's controlled by the cabal, there's another faction now, what he was calling the Alliance, who has their own program. But what the cabal, with the Clintons and all the you know those people, what they want to do is they're planning, they, they recently discovered... What they're claiming is they recently discovered massive ruins off the uh, under the underneath the ice in Antarctica, and he said these ruins are also technologically advanced. He said I think there's three motherships that are about three miles long each. That there's all this technology down there, and there's bodies. He said there's evidence of an instantaneous freeze that took place in Antarctica. Every how many thousands of years ago. He said, so there's trees and plant life that is preserved. There's bodies that are preserved. Some of the bodies are obviously not human. 
they're, they're giants. Some of the bodies that are humanoid have the elongated skulls. He said there's what he's calling pre-Adamite, which was, I guess, before the genetic manipulation happened that are down there. He's calling this place Atlantis. This was Atlantis down in Antarctica. Now, it sounds crazy, right? Sounds like, well, yeah, we would have known about that. We have satellite imagery, blah, 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 blah. But if we go back to, let's say, uh, where are my notes here? The 1500s, there was a map. The, I want to say it's the Pierre Reese map. Bear with me for a second. There was a map that was discovered. There was a map that was created in the 1500s. 1513. Uh, called the Piri Reese map. It was compiled in 1513 for military intelligence. That's what uh, I'm reading another article from The Sun. I'll get back to that article in a minute. But this map showed, number one, it showed the coastline of Antarctica, which we didn't know about in 1513. Not only that, it showed almost exactly the coastline of Antarctica without any ice. Now, we did not have that technology until... I guess now 100 years ago, when this map was created, that technology, ground-penetrating radar, did not exist. So we were surprised when we realized that this was an accurate map. Now, the creator of the map, I'm going off of memory here. I've heard this story several times. I believe claimed to have drawn from multiple sources. Some sources he claimed were over 3,000 years old looking at these different maps of the world. I've heard that there's some of these maps um, in the Vatican and in, in, you know, in their, their library vault underground. Point being, this map exists. We've, we've proven that this map exists. This isn't some conspiracy theory or some kind of lore. This map is out there. And this map, you can't explain why they, we have a map that shows Antarctica before there's ice, yet we didn't have the technology to measure that. So there was an older society that was here. Of that, I have no doubt. So now they're claiming they found these ruins. Now let's let's pause there for a minute. What other evidence or what other story or what other testimony do we have from that? Where to begin? I'm going to go off the deep end first. I recently listened to a, a, a remote viewing session by the Farsight Institute. Go back a couple weeks, listen to my show on remote viewing if you're not sure what that is. In, in my analysis, I think it, it's the mechanism is that electromagnetic field that's that wireless internet sig signal that allows us to communicate psychically and see things psychically. But the Farsight Institute has solid research, solid trials going back to at least the... Well, the Farsight Institute was founded after the 70s, but they're building on techniques that were developed by the United States government and the Russians back in the 70s, and now they have it down to a, to a science where they can view time and space anywhere. They can go see the past, they can go see the future... And they can verify this stuff is real because they can go into the next room and tell you what's going on through these techniques and procedures that they, that they have with remote viewing. So they did remote viewing Atlantis. And they were looking at anomalies that were found uh, on the floor of the Atlantic Ocean. And Courtney Brown does a great job of breaking down 
the official story that came out and how it just didn't add up, how these photos were doctored through Google. He gives his analysis of that. And then he gets into the remote viewing sessions and what the viewers uncovered. And, and I'm finding this very interesting because this was only a few months ago that I came across this. I got to check the date and see when it came out officially. But what he told was a story of two locations, one in the Atlantic and one in Antarctica. And both were advanced civilizations or societies in the ancient past. And one of these civilizations was using a newer technology and something went wrong and it caused a drastic and catastrophic change to the earth that flooded the earth and then caused the ice age. And it, it froze off and it drowned out these cities down in Antarctica and drowned out the, the civilization that was, you know, over in the Atlantic, which could have been Lemuria, could have been Atlantis. We don't, we don't know which one it was. He's calling it discovering Atlantis. My point being, their viewers saw ruins of a city through the remote viewing procedures in Antarctica that was destroyed almost in an instant. That correlates with the information that's coming out, if it's true, with these discoveries that were recently made in Antarctica. They're saying it goes back to 2002 when they started making these discoveries, but they're starting to be leaked out. Let's jump to another popular conspiracy theory dealing with World War II and the Nazis. It's no secret that the Nazi scientists were working on UFO technology. It's no secret that... Hitler had a strong interest in the occult. He was looking for occult knowledge because he was trying to understand occult technology. He had a strong interest in psychic abilities. There's Some of the theories state that he was using his psychics to try and contact other dimensions, other realms, other beings that were off-world to gain technology. Some say he did that. We know that the Nazis fled south. Some of them ended up in South America, but some of them continued all the way down to Antarctica. And as the story goes, they went down and found massive caverns underneath the ice. And throughout these caverns, they found ruins. Now, some people say they found the entrance to hollow earth. Some people say they found these ruins and they found underground civilizations of alien beings. But they said that the Nazis were able to move many of their people down there, many of those people who went missing. Then we move to mid-1940s. Admiral Byrd, who was with the United States Navy, was an explorer, led an expedition. This is called Operation High Jump. I forget how many ships he took with him, but he led a massive fleet down to Antarctica. It was supposed to be a six-month expedition. Within two months, fragments of that fleet came back. They encountered something. And that fleet was was decimated. Now, some of the stories I've heard coming out of that those accounts is that there were these flying saucers that were coming out of the water and they were attacking the ships. Was it the Germans? Well, they were more advanced than any German technology that we were aware of at the time. Doesn't mean that while they were down there, they didn't somehow modify their craft. Did they encounter an alien species? Did they encounter an ancient Earth species down there? I don't know. But that's how the backstory goes on that. Is that Admiral Byrd 
discovered something, discovered that there was something down there and we and got we got our butts kicked. <clears throat> a lot of flat earth stuff talks about this as well. Um, you know, the Admiral Bird expedition. Uh, again, there's a lot of theories that tie into this. Is this just an echo chamber? Well, I don't think so. I think there's different pieces coming from multiple sources here that are telling a similar story. There's correlations there. So is there stuff that I'm saying that's probably not accurate? I'm going to say absolutely. But we need to find what the consistencies are. We need to get to the roots of these sources and analyze them and say, okay, what lines up? What's consistent? What I'm seeing is at a minimum is that there is something in Antarctica. I don't know what it is, but it seems like there is something of interest there. So I'll go as far to say I'm leaning towards that possibility. Now, what Wilcox is saying is that the cabal is planning to release that information. Not all of it, and I haven't gotten to all of it, but they're planning to release that, yes, we found ruins of an old city down there, which will change our history. But it's going to be so fascinating that it'll take the focus off of all this Pizzagate drama and everybody's going to be so worked up about what, well, what does this mean for us? What does this mean with these ruins? So he was, he was saying that the people, the alliance that he represents, wanted him to get this story out immediately. He and him and his people needed to release this information prior to the cabal starting to trickle their information out. And what he was told was that they're going to put it out through secondary mainstream sources, not the big ones yet, and just dabble in the stories to start get people's attention until eventually there was a buildup when they made the big announcement. So people can start to prepare for it mentally. So it doesn't totally rock their worlds, which it would, which we suspect that it would. But I think that we can handle it. So he gets this he gets his information out back in December of 2016, not too long ago. He launched uh, articles. He has uh, two YouTube videos that are about an hour and a half each, which details everything in much greater detail than I'm talking about. I'm going in many different directions here. But he said within hours, uh, one or two papers within England, one of them being The Sun, put out, a story on Antarctica. And this one's called The Lost City of Antarctica. Shock claims massive ancient civilization lies frozen beneath mile of Antarctic ice and could even be Atlantis. This is written by Jennifer, Jennifer Hale, uh, December 12, 2016. Now, what's interesting about this is what, what Wilcox is saying is that his story came out first and then all of a sudden he's starting to see the plan play out. So he's saying to give him credibility, we're going to start seeing more of this story come out in the mainstream. And if we do, then there's a possibility that this crazy story about aliens and secret space programs is in fact real. I'm not sold on it yet because I'm skeptical by nature. I want to believe. I want to be like Fox Mulder. I want to believe, but I need a little bit more. But something about these stories resonates with me. He make, makes mention of a few different things. Like Even in one of his discussions, he was talking about one of the things that some of these entities deal with, some of these dark uh, beings that were found in Antarctica. One of the things, they're bad for humanity and he said they feed off a of human energy. And they call it louche, which is what my research 
shows. So again, is he just quoting popular research, truthful things in certain areas that will get conspiracy researchers' attention? Or is he putting a whole big picture out there for everybody to process? And the reality is, well, time will have to tell. But he said it's a very short timeline. We should start seeing arrests being made soon. We should start seeing disclosure of this stuff coming out soon. If we don't see it, well, then I got to really start questioning his analysis and his sources. So let's put another spin on this. If your head's not spinning already, I'm going to spin it a little bit further. Because this really had my head going as well. But I'm thinking about it even more and more and more. What's going on with this world? We, we saw craziness in the last political election. We can't forget that. Now, as far as the ET and UFO stuff, the work of Stephen Greer and the Disclosure Project, I think, is a very good breakdown of, yes, there's something going on. We are not... We are not alone. I don't know if they're aliens. I don't know if they're ancient civilizations. I don't know what they are. Now let's look at the work of Graham Hancock. He was just promoting his most recent book, Magicians of the Gods. And he, I've read the book. I've listened to the audiobook. It's fascinating. He has compiled strong evidence that 12,000 years ago, there was a great cataclysmic event. He calls it a celestial event. He suspects it was a comet that struck Earth and sent us into an ice age. It destroyed, and what he found is evidence of an advanced civilization. So does that corroborate this possibility of the Atlantis found in Antarctica? Or did David Wilcox just read Hancock's book and steal a little bit of it? I mean, he admits to knowing Graham's work, but again, I'm not inside his head, I don't know, but... You can take that as, well, that's corroborating information. Check out Hancock's work. He does a great job of detailing not only was there a, a, an advanced society over 12,000 years ago, not only was there a cataclysm that completely wiped out most of that society, some of those people went underground, but then what Hancock shows is that they re-emerged and they came back and reseeded civilization. They passed on knowledge. If you look at our current version of history in Mesopotamia, we were a hunter-gatherer society, and all of a sudden, boom, civilization is born almost instantly. From hunter-gatherers to having cities and laws and and religion and, and technology, buildings, almost in, in a very short amount of time, that evolutionary leap doesn't make sense. So he says that he they were taught by the last world, by the last civilization. You look at the Maya, you look at the Inca, you look at the Aztec, you look at the Hopi. They all talk about the old world. There was an old civilization that was destroyed. Almost every culture around the world has a flood myth. Yeah, the, the, the Vedic texts out of India talking about the manas and flying craft that would go around and wage wars in the skies. So there was more to our history, and that's important to understand because if this is real, this is going to be presented, if, if you're not up to speed on this, then you're going to be told what to think. Your perceptions are going to be influenced by the same mainstream media that has manipulated the truth for, for way too long. So what Wilcox is saying and what I'm saying is 
you need to be have somewhat of an understanding of this stuff. And you need to know where to go to look for these accounts in the event that we have some kind of massive disclosure within the immediate future. And I know it's heavy stuff. I know some of you are looking at me going, yep, Dennis, that's it. Too far off the deep end for me. But at, the, at, the, at a minimum, it's interesting to think about. So let me go again a little bit further here. Let's take a step back. We talked about the possibility of Project Bluebeam, how they're going to stage an alien invasion to get people to unite against a common enemy and come together and accept this new world religion. Everybody's in order. Everybody's following Big Brother. Oh, look, now we got these new rules, these new laws, and uh, everything's hunky-dory. That's, you know, one theory, one possibility how this is going to go or how this could go. Let's talk for a minute about CERN and the Mandela Effect. Now, for those of you who followed the Mandela Effect, basically what the Mandela Effect states is that people started remembering two different timelines. There was people that remembered that Nelson Mandela had died in prison, and there were other people who remember that Nelson Mandela got out of prison, became president, and died at a later date. So they started seeing this split in memories, and they started finding other things, namely... Uh, things that happened in movies. They gave all these examples or titles of authors, spellings of authors' names, titles of books, slight differences, changing sometimes just one word or one phrase in a movie or a film or a book that people were commonly saying, one of them being, Luke, I am your father from Star Wars. Apparently it's, no, I am your father. Inconsistencies. What they're saying is that the past is being altered by CERN. Um that they're messing with because what CERN's doing is they're trying to research and understand the, one of the things, the Big Bang. How was the universe created? So they're creating these experiments that may possibly be recreating the Big Bang. There's information out there that says that we are one of a multitude of possible universes. We live within a multiverse. And some scientists are saying that we're constantly shifting between worlds. Now, hold that thought in your mind for a minute because if we are shifting from one world to the next, one multiverse to the next universe to the next universe to the next universe, and everyone's different, well, maybe that would account for the different memories that we're having of our past. Maybe our past is not changing. We're just jumping timelines. Again, sounds crazy, right? But do your homework on this. There's some really interesting stuff out there. If you look at quantum physics, if you look at the quantum world, the double slit experiment, what they're showing is that consciousness has a direct effect on physical matter. Consciousness has an effect on quantum particles. So the idea that we are conscious creators, observation is required for the particle to determine what whether it's going to be a wave or a particle, excuse me, quantum stuff. We notice an instantaneous connection between particles that are split in half and separated by thousands of miles. Yet you do something to one, and the other one has a reaction. You do something to one, and the other one has a precognitive reaction, the same reaction as the other one at the other half of it. It's a weird world. There's a connection there that looks almost like a, a, a computer simulation program or a hologram, as they talk about. Now, let's talk about this simulation. Nick Bostrom back in the 70s. I'm sorry, not Nick Bostrom. I'm getting ahead of myself. Philip K. Dick, the science fiction writer, 
in the 70s at a conference in France stated that we are living in a computer simulation and the only evidence we have of that simulation is when we have a feeling of deja vu. And what that means is that something has changed in the past to alter our future. Sound familiar? That's the premise of the Matrix movie. But Philip K. Dick's not the only one that said that. I did a show um, about a year ago called Are We Living in the Matrix? Professor Theodore Gates, I want to say his name is, is a, is a string theorist. And he was studying string theory. And he was studying the equations they use to make up, to explain nature and the universe. And what he told Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson in a public interview was that he found computer code embedded in these equations. And I quote, not just computer code, binary error correcting code. The code we use in our internet browser systems. And what this professor stated was that the hardest thing for me to accept is the possibility that the matrix may be in fact an actual representation of this reality. Dennis, what does this have to do with everything you just talked about with Antarctica? Please bear with me. In, in my head, it might all tie in. Okay, so we've got these weird reality stuff. Nick Bostrom, he has the simulation argument where he states that there's a good chance that this is a computer simulation that we're living in and that there's multiple simulations in existence. So we have the possibility that these simulations exist, that we may be jumping from one simulation to another or one universe to another parallel worlds. We're skipping them without even realizing it. We have the understanding. We hear people say all the time, we are conscious creators. We are conscious creators. Well, what does that mean? Well, let's jump back to the Nag Hammadi Library. And that's what I'm going through right now with my research for Food for the Archons. And they have these things called aeons. And aeons, when they first introduced them, they, they read almost like they're these conscious, they are conscious beings. Uh, and, and one of them, Aeon Sophia, who is the creator, the ultimate creator of our current world, the Earth. But an aeon is more than just this consciousness, this energy. An aeon is almost like a, a time loop or a timeline or a virtual reality. Now, that sounds crazy, right? These texts are over 1,500 years old. How can they have these virtual realities? Well, they talk about, in, in the Nag Hammadi Library, aeons and aeonic copies. And the aeonic copies are copies of a particular aeon or a particular world or a particular incarnation. And they talk about copies of other humans and beings and spirits and souls and things that get copied and put into these aeons. Is your head hurting yet? Mine certainly is, but I'm, I'm, I'm putting it all together. So there's the possibility that there's these copies out there these other worlds, they talk about this in the Gnostic writings that are 1,500 years old. Well, that doesn't sound so crazy if that information it was actually known from an advanced society that was wiped out 12,000 years ago. They weren't primitive people 1,500 years ago. That information was being systematically destroyed because they don't want you to understand your true power. That's why the library at Alexandria was burned down. That's why when they came over here to... Uh, Latin America and Spanish America, they, they destroyed the books of the Maya and the Hopi and the Aztecs. They completely burned and destroyed everything because it had an understanding of this connection. It comes back to, as I'm always saying in my research, that universal Wi-Fi that we are connected to because there's power in that. Now let's step back to the Archons who have the ability to not only feed off of the negative human emotions but to manipulate thoughts and behaviors of humanity. Now that sounds crazy, right? But we already know that there's patented technology that exists that allows 
technology to interfere with your natural bioelectromagnetic biorhythms to alter your mood, your behavior, your thoughts. That's all out there. Okay, so let's take let's take a leap. It's not even a leap at this point. What does this all mean? What does this have to do with everything I just talked about with Antarctica, the ruins, the media, the drama in the White House? Let's talk about Schrodinger's cat. Basically what that theory states is that if there's a cat in a box and the box is closed, is the cat dead or alive? The answer is both. Why? Because there's infinite, as David Icke says, there's infinite possibility. Both possibilities exist. And we don't know which reality we're experiencing until we open that box. But we have the conscious ability to, to manipulate and create a reality. If we do, then everything I just talked about makes sense. Now, if you've, if you've studied, and I haven't, but I've, I've, I know there's the theories out there that there's been a lot of false flag things, a lot of these school shootings, Sandy Hook being a very controversial subject that the whole thing was staged. We do know that the government has staged events in our recent history to get us to go to war. They've lied about our reasons for war. There's been false media reports that have been put together, almost like Hollywood productions, to influence. A lot of the stuff coming out about ISIS in front of green screens, it's to get us to get a certain response, to drive us into war. But what if it goes deeper than that? I talked about the ancient alien stuff being released to try to get us thinking about something. I talked about over the past 30 years, you've seen a gradual buildup of aliens in Hollywood. Every day when you watch the news, it's negative doom and gloom reinforced how bad things are. Now you've got these stories about the Illuminati and, and the elite and the ruling class coming out and they're having ties to aliens and all these all this crazy wild stuff. It's nuts. Now you've got people having false memories because of the Mandela effect and CERN possibly moving in parallel universes and changing the past. Well, what if it's all true? But what if it's all true because of us? What if humanity has such a power to create and there is someone or something that is aware of that power? So what do they do? They manipulate, they, they limit our senses, they distract us from what's real, and they manipulate our consciousness to force us to create the reality that it wants to see. What if 30 years ago, there never really was this agenda, these alien beings, these the extent of these ruins, but because the seed is subconsciously planted in all of the Hollywood stuff that we watch, in the books that we read, in the things that were told what if that is what then causes our minds or our consciousness or our spirit I don't know what it is to make it so what if we're that powerful and what if we're being manipulated to alter what's real and we don't even realize it I know that sounds way off the deep end but it's already an off the deep end type of show and this is what goes on in my head. This is how I'm looking at it because what Wilcox said is an incredible story. But I'm always trying to find another angle. I hope you've stayed with me throughout this one because I, I know it's heavy stuff. But just think about that for a minute. Wouldn't that explain everything? 
Something wants us to be putting out that negative energy because it's a food source, it's a source of energy, it's a source of nourishment. And it's time to shift and bring about the new perspective. So it starts seeding these ideas. And now if there is this big disclosure that these ruins are in Antarctica, what if they're false? What if we're just being manipulated to create this new reality? We already know that through the Maharishi effect, research has shown that we can influence the level of violence in a particular area just by meditating. We have a real power. It's something to think about. I'm wiped. I've got almost no voice left. I didn't know if I was going to get through the show because of all of this stuff that was out there. But jumping back to, as I, as I get ready to close out the show, Jordan Maxwell talks about Hollywood. And what he says is that the reason why they call it Hollywood is because the, the Druid priests used to fashion their magic wands from a holly tree. And they do their magic rituals with a wand from the holly tree, the wood of the holly tree. Hollywood works the magic. What if movie magic the magic of Hollywood is not in what they're able to put on the screen, but what the screen is able to put in you to cause you to create. Just something to think about, friends. It's been a long episode. I hope that you took something from this. Again, if you find this information interesting, helpful, useful, if you're making connections, please share it. Get it out there. We need to understand this. I think that the marker is going to be if, 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 because Wilcox is making a big deal about this. If he's right, if he's accurate, we should know about it. I'd say within the next couple of months, we should, within the next month, we should start seeing a little bit more action. So I'll have the links to his stuff in the show notes as well. So you can check it out as well and determine is he telling the truth? Is he telling a, a fantastic story? What's going on with it? But this is something that I think warrants a little bit more of our attention. Also, if you're a content creator in, in stuff and in anything that I've just talked about and you're interested in, uh, in putting out some content in the service change platform and beyond, there's some things in the works. Reach out to me. Let me know what you have. Let me know what you're interested in doing. And let's see if we can uh, work together and start putting out even more information, more content. I'd love to hear from you. So contact me through servicechange.com. There's the contact tab, contact feed right there. I'm Dennis Snappy the second. This has been another episode of the Seeker Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep an open mind. Thank you. Seekers.